We're live when I say we're live. Ooh, look at that lighting effect. Thank you, Justin. That was awesome. We're getting professional here. Welcome, everybody. It's Rump Chat Live. Let's give a big round of applause for us because we deserve it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> sports is going on here. That was not me for the record. Woo. That felt kind of funky, though. That's that's how we uh, introduce our guests today. Yeah. yeah. With a large boom. Yeah. So we are uh, back. we're live actually uh, talking country 94 seven. So uh, we're live at local radio here, I think. Are we? We good? All right. Thank and, you. And for the record, this is our only second time ever, ever to be live on the radio. So if you're tuning in and you have children, this is actually one you can let the children yeah, listen to. This is actually an OK one because of the radio. We can't say some of the fun words that you have grown to love on Rump Chat. Those words include words I can't say. OK, <laughs> so we're not going to do that. But today. we're here with the WCRA on behalf of them and Buck Days Pro Rodeo here at uh, Rodeo Corpus Christi. Uh, very excited last night. Awesome night of action. Um, a lot of money up for grabs. Well over a, a half a million dollars up for grabs this week for the contestants. Um, tonight is uh, Dia de los Vaqueros night at Buck Days. The great Jerry Gerardo Diaz is going to be performing. And if you've never seen Jerry Diaz, he is absolutely amazing. His wife, Stacy, beautiful, and his son, Nicholas. 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 Nicholas is a teenager who's about six foot seven, <laughs> who weighs, weighs about 84 pounds. <laughs> But Jerry Diaz, uh, the Charo, puts on a great show. We get to work with him every year. Charo de Corazon. At Denver, Denver. Colorado. And he's got a great a great show and a great family. And not so just kissing his butt. He gives us no money to say this. But Jerry Diaz is a great guy. Yeah, very nice. Very Beautiful loving. Horses. Great horses. Very loving. So, uh, but yeah, he's tonight. And then uh, Bobby Polito is going to be performing. So all you listening on 94.7 uh, or uh, in the greater Corpus Christi area, or if you have a private plane and can get here by tonight at seven o'clock, seven o'clock, come start on down, time. seven o'clock start. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, carnivals going on 30 day or $30 day passes. Trust me. I know all about carnivals. It's smarter to buy the day pass than it is to go and go. I don't want to spend $30. Trust me. You'll spend $30 in rides. I have a two year old and spend a hundred dollars in one night in San Angelo. You have to have yes, a lot I of money to go to the carnivals. Well, it's okay, but it's though. Worth it. It's worth it. It's because worth it. I want you to come down. That's what I always say. You know, like when, when we went to the carnival with our three kids at Rapid City last summer, it was like $200. But here's the deal. Can you put a price on the laughter of a child? <laughs> Actually, you can. It's about yes, $200. $30 for a day pass, <laughs> each child. But so kids anyway. love it. They love it. So bring out your kids to get the rodeos at seven. Great performers. Uh, the sound man last night was amazing. He was great. I was. You just missed. <laughs> uh, the clown was subpar. True. The judging was. Meh. We'll get into that. He was. <laughs> just kidding. Get into that. The judging was great, but it was a it was a great night to start off with. College night last night. College night and Flo Rida put on one heck of a show. Flo Rida was in the house, so all he around was a fun late. night. I was going through quite a bit of hip hop, which is uh, you you probably couldn't end up with a better guy than me. No, Flo Rida was late. To, to, was, pat my back, uh, my own back. Yeah, he landed at like he was supposed to land at eight, and I think he landed at like eight fifty-five, and he was supposed to go on at nine oh six. Do you know how cool that would be, or something like that? I don't if, know if we could do that in rodeo. But like, what time does the rodeo start? Seven. When do you get to Corpus Christi? Six fifty-five, and get a police escort. Casey, let's introduce can, our guest so we, he just doesn't sit here like a jerk. No, I want to know, can the WCRA actually get me a plane? <laughs> well, our guest today, our well, first... They could, our first, will they? Our first guest of several today. Uh, a guy that's been involved in rodeo, in uh, all facets of rodeo, trucking, flanking, sorting, production, PBR, WCRA, whatever Cope's it goal. is. Cope's goal. Cope's goal. Scoreboard. I forgot, yeah. Uh, this guy has got more brands than a championship rodeo bucket horse. Okay. <laughs> this guy has rode for many of them and, uh, he doesn't even really have a home. His home is in America. The great Casey Dugan. Welcome to rump chat. Duggan against his will. <laughs> Duggan. Not Dugan, Duggan, Duggan, Duggan. I'm sorry. I'm 
I'm about too too deep in these morning drinks. <laughs> boat that, drinks. Yeah. Boat drinks right here. Yeah. But Happy to be here. Happy to be part of the show. Even though yesterday when we said, Casey, we'd like to have you on the show, and you said no. <laughs> As in anything, if you say no to me and Hambone, we will make your life miserable until you're on the show. So round of applause from everybody out there tonight. Clap for Casey right here. He's on, on the show against his will. Well, you know, we, we need to do a full episode with him because uh, his history – the bad company. We talk about bad company and Mac Altizer quite a bit, uh, and about how trailblazing he was. Well, Casey was there for pretty much every step of the way, and still continues to be part of that family, uh, extended family. So, um, you know, I, I kind of want to. What was it like? Just, just we don't have to get too heavy into it because you know we get into what we're doing here in Corpus Christi. But what was it like being on the floor? The the groundbreaking. Did you guys know what you were doing or, you know, have an idea what it turned out to be? I mean, yeah, did you think when, it was going to be like this? When I got there, I mean, they, they've been going since 81. I got there in 94. I got you. So uh, I, actually 97 is when I got in there. So they already had a, a good foundation. They, everything they were doing was still cutting edge at the time. Uh, still a lot of people didn't like what they were doing. I mean, when you go to Pecos, Texas, in 1981 and kick the brass band out, bring in the, bring in the DJ and playing rock and roll music. That was a ground shaking deal out in West Texas. And that's where it started. And it started in Alpine, Texas at college when tough and Cody and all those guys were out there together. All this kind of came together. And the way, the way they got their name was bad company rock group was the hot band of the time. And when they would show up at the, they'd have that eight track or cassette or whatever the car had at the time blaring that music and everybody just turned around and said, well, here comes Bad Company, and it just kind of stuck. That's I did not know that. I didn't no, know that either. No. That is actually pretty badass. <laughs> but but uh, but playing that rock music and everything, I mean, what now is just normal business at a right. rodeo. Yeah, and so the way it started, when, when Mac looked at it and started putting it all together, I mean, he's a marketing genius, you know, in the aspects of pre-social media, pre-cell phones, pre-internet, you know, internet, you know accessible internet and all that. He, he named all the horses and bulls after a song. And whenever that horse was going to buck, if after midnight was up, Eric Clapton after midnight was on the, on the speakers. If wild thing was up, Tone Luck was, you know, singing wild thing on the speakers and it all coordinated together. When beyond that, just besides coordinating the, the animals with the music to create the show, he also created the, the marketing genius besides the dirty dozen, the 12 bulls that were together. And to this day, and I guess I can't say to this day for the history, Roy Doyle's the only one that ever rode all 12 of the Dirty Dozen. Roy, Roy Doyle. <laughs> so, and so, I mean, it was, it was kind of a challenge for him, but he's, he got to get on every one of them of the original Dirty Dozen. He's the only one to cover all 12. And then there was the bad girls, you know, and the party girls. You know, it was the bucking horses and the different things. And he had Party Animal, which was a pet that was a dwarf bull that bucked as hard as any other bull that they would take inside the Western store and, you know, let everybody pet them. As soon as Smurf or Roach or whoever rode them that night at the, at the last night of the rodeo, then they'd bring out Clayton Williams and everybody and they'd throw them or whoever or Clayton Fulteen and throw him out there as a two-year-old and put him on the back of Party Animal right after he just did a 90-point ride. And, <laughs> I mean, just all the different, the different aspects of that family show. So the funny thing is um, I was actually in Del Rio – two weeks ago for the George Paul Memorial bull riding, which was amazing. And then Bobby Paul's office. I need to put this on Instagram. I put this on my story, but like this is back in the bad company days. This doesn't happen anymore. Do you see this right here? That yeah, is Smurf yeah. riding Smurf, a bull backwards. Smurf okay? riding backwards. Yep. Do you see that? That is squad goals. And if you're watching right now, we got a lot of people watching live. If you'd like to see our bullfighter, Nate Justice, at Buck Days, if Nate Justice would get on a bull backwards like Smurf would, would that not be the greatest thing? Everybody cheer for Nate Justice. Would that not be awesome, everybody? You heard it tonight at Buck Days. Nate Justice gets... Well, how, how do you even... Like, I, I love these old pictures because in the, uh, in the old Del Rio, in the background... Here's Lane Frost in 1992. You got the skull. They painted the bad company skulls on the buck and shoots. And, and they had that, like, it was just, I wish I could get That's in a actually tough heat them in. 
Oh, that was the wrong picture. That was. This is the. That was the, tough pre-bodacious. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is, Lane Frost, 1996, right there. See that? I told you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's uh. Hold on. Where's the one I want to find? Uh, of uh. Whoa. What's Ashley wearing? Hey, Um. Where's the one with Boyd? Here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Boyd Paul Hamas. Oh yeah. Okay, put this by the camera. So you can see. Look how skinny he is. He looks a teenager. So there's a Facebook page called All Things Rough Stock, and it's great. It posts old videos. I mean, it may be the 04 NFR or 1904 NFR is old. Yes. Our, we're we're near <laughs> yeah. That's uh, almost 20 years ago. No, that's not old, okay? So anyway, but uh, they were playing. It happened to be last night. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was in 1992 and somebody riding a bull and, and Leon Coffey and um, God, who else? Well, obviously Smurf and that whole crew and Boyd's out in the arena. You can see him and he's, you know, and he's just, he's just standing out there because yeah. obviously he didn't get up in the announcer stand. Like, what was it like? Cause I know it's a, it's a, it's a shadow of its former self. Still a good event. Don't get right. me wrong, yeah. but times have changed. It was a little bit more radical back in the day in the nineties. The, the George Paul Memorial is kind of a foundation for a lot of things is standalone. It, it helped shape the PBR in some form or fashion at a level. And it, it was an amazing party when it was the party. I mean, everybody would come down and go to Mexico. It was, it was, an original tour, it was a Bud Light Cup tour live on TV. It went from that to the, the very final Bull Riders only. It, it, was, it was held at that, that event, and, and then it became a touring pro and then standalone, whatever like that. But whenever, whenever it shifted from the Bud Light Cup into a touring pro at that time, then Nampa, Idaho was put on top of it for a Bud Light Cup. So George Paul was Saturday, Sunday. Nampa was Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday morning, Top guys would get on a plane, fly from Nampa to San Antonio, then get in trucks and drive 150 miles at 100 miles an hour to get there. But by the time they were landing, we had to start the show. So we might buck 10, 13, 15 bulls and could have a two-hour intermission waiting on those guys to show up. And at the county line, the sheriffs were waiting on them, and they gave them a police escort in. But no we, ne we never lost the crowd in all those years. There was one year that we had Ryan Bingham when he was still a young kid yeah, on a yeah. flatbed trailer in the arena, just singing with him and his guitar and just whatever. We had a Macarena contest that turned X-rated really quickly um, at the end of that. But um, we never lost the crowd. I mean, when those cop cars come around the corner to drive into the Valvary Fairgrounds, the, the crowd just went nuts. But then we still had another 30 minutes for those guys to be able to get ready. But see, it I don't, never stopped. I don't think you could pull that off anymore anywhere. Like. I, I don't know if it's just because times have changed or whatever, but it would be so hard to stop an event, uh, you know, and wait for an hour. But the, the Ryan Bingham thing, I, okay. So I never watched Yellowstone for the, I held out on Yellowstone for the longest time. And everyone's like, man, you gotta watch Yellowstone. And so I, I started watching, I seen the Ryan Bingham Walker as he's referred to on, on uh, Yellowstone. And then when they're like, yeah, he worked for Mac. I'm like, no, he didn't. Because you always hear people like, you know, talk about, yeah, I used to I used to work for Benny Butler. No, you didn't. You ran the outgate at Greeley one year. That doesn't count. But that was a real deal with, with Ryan. Like, he's the real, let's say, low to mid-level stock contractor employee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that we all shoot for in life. It, it might be the only one in history to actually, you know, Worked out for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been uh, people that have played the guitar for Benny for 30 years that never go anywhere, but they like don't. Like who? Clint Lindenfield. <laughs> he was a pretty good guitar player. He never, he worked for Benny for a year and a half. That's a long time in Butler years. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like dog years. <laughs> a one, one and a half years with Benny Butler is 15 years regular time. No. <laughs> See, you don't know, Casey, I'm telling you. But yeah, I mean, the, the transition of, and, and it, I was born in 1980, so it's that doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> really, I'm 41, but the the transition, and we've we've talked about that several times. Like that, the rolling over and uh, the the way we do things now compared to the way we do things 
back then, you know. And I'm I'm a big fan of of cranking it up and having fun. And that you know, even though the, I know the George Paul probably isn't the same as it used to be, but it still was pretty still a fun. great event. It no, was still I, fun. I said that people still they still have the pool party at the Ramada. You, you know, you know, we should would be good is have Benji sitting right here too, because Benji got his start with Mac. Look, and I you mean, gotta, you got to think about it: is me, Rump, Benji, John Bendeley, and Boyd. There's five of us here at this rodeo that all kind of got. That's you know, true. Chops there, so did it. And Benji and John, they had the uh, Boys Town Boys did, Town Ramblers. Did they have a band? They, yeah, it was actually uh, John was the lead singer, and uh, Mark Callahan was the drummer, <laughs> and uh, Pat York sat in every now and then. And Dave, uh, photographer Bronco Dave, Dave, Bronco Jennings. Dave Jennings, Jennings was on the fiddle, and and then uh, Becca Dalrymple, who was Eddie Hatfield's girlfriend at the time, she was actually the good singer and the good guitar player out of the group with John. So. <laughs> Which, which I laughed so many times because, like I've said on Rump Chat probably a thousand times, I'm not going to get into it, but it's funny, like, some people that hate rodeo clowns from watching the Cowboy Channel, like, there's this one lady that's like, I can't stand rodeo clowns. I miss the old days of Bad Company Rodeo. I'm like, you hate rodeo clowns, but you, <laughs> you loved Bad Company? Bad Company, when, when they were at Garden City, Kansas, there was five bullfighters and two clowns, and right. they were there a week early to give away stickers and hang out at the grain bin bar. <laughs> yeah, and so, and you know, stick me, speaking of stickers, that was another thing that was just a cheap marketing deal. It's like now you, you know, you don't even see it anymore, but we had these little, just two and a quarter inch round white labels and we would just print the bad company logo, the name of the event in the town. And we do anywhere from 5,000 to 25,000 stickers an event, depending on where we were going. And we would get in town and we'd send them to the committees. We'd go to the restaurants, the bars everywhere and just slap stickers. And it was free advertisement walking around. Man, see, I, I think a lot of that could come back would be good for rodeo. I mean, I I wish I still had some of the deals, but it's so funny. I looked on uh, eBay the other day because a good friend of ours, uh, Sean Allen, shotgun from San Antonio, he still has several of the old Bad Company relics. A Bad Company t-shirt uh, on eBay sold for $125 the other day. It's too cheap. 125 <laughs> they're giving 70 the the hat patches that you have on your hat <laughs> that you may not have on your hat when you leave a hat patch went for 84 bucks a bad company hat patch wow when he said the other day that all the bad company they still got the guys that work in del rio still have their shirts but they oh, were yeah. they were red in 98 but now they're pink we had a yeah. uh, at the george paul you still have the old the, the old school guys that show up and they there's like a white line where the shirt has been like ironed a thousand times in 30 years. And they still had the bandanas. Now, Didn't I saw, see Junior. Junior wasn't there, but he was at Bandera. Yeah. So. so I did see a video one time. I was watching something from a uh, rodeo in France. and Somebody who had been to one of our crews took a shirt and there was a bad company shirt on a judge at a rodeo in France. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll bet the days of the bad company. I can't imagine how many embroidered shirts got stolen. A bunch. Because I know how many yeah. I've stolen from Frontier Rodeo, and it's a lot. Like, I probably have probably 15 Frontier Rodeo shirts embroidered. Which is actually seven in reality. No. You have to take the Rumford fact. No, no, no. Not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Cut it in half and add one. When I'm talking about stealing, I'm telling the truth, and you know that. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. When, um, but when you steal from a friend, as we've discussed on here, I don't know if you've heard that podcast. If you steal from a friend, it's not stealing. I steal stuff from Hambone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So In including my comedy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you give me the comedy. That's not stealing. That's true. If you say something in my ear and I say it in the arena, that's not stealing. That's a gift from one friend to another. Every good comedian has a great writer behind them. But I, <laughs> that's hey, right. I do, I do want to give a Hambone a shout out yeah. because no one believes me on this, but it really happened at Denver this year. So Denver, where we have 26 performances in 16 days, it gives you a lot of free time to find out what you want to do. I let Hambone clown an entire <laughs> performance with my earpiece. So he told me everything to say for an entire performance. I was on our heater. I did not had pick, my mix right. I did not pick <laughs> one thing. I said Hambone clowned an entire performance and he did a really good job. And that's why I felt bad afterwards. It was like, man, you kicked butt today. I'm like, thank you. The Hamlin's like, wait, what do you say? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> He's had, and I can't take credit for all 10, but I oh. would say the last six easily to seven. Not one time when he gets his gold buckle, do I get a shout out? Nothing. Yeah. Just 
thanks himself. You get more than maybe a sh- his wife. You get more than a shout out, Hambone. You get my love. Oh, okay. <laughs> speaking of love, we're gonna hug later. Let's uh, let's still talk about some of the action we saw last night. Um, some some great stuff here. Um, you can catch it on Pluto TV. Pluto TV, right past channel seven twenty. It's free. Download the app. And then also just uh, you guys just did the deal with the uh, Cowboy Channel. Right, Cowboy Channel's carrying it as well. I don't know if they're doing it live, um, but they but they're they are uh, rebroadcasting for sure. Yeah, and and they're taking you got uh, Creed Roberts, Creed Roberts here. and Chris Rankin and Chris are doing Rankin. the live the live uh, TV talent. So tell guys so you don't have to listen to the annoying Clowns clown on and Cowboy the Channel. Yeah. Loud music that's too loud, <laughs> and Boyd that's commenting on everything. He was on a, he was, he called, there was a guy, a steer wrestler last night that was all big 12 football player. Granted it was Kansas, but still to be oh, all big 12. Why do you say it like that? Because Kansas is not good at football. You know what, you know what KU did this year? They beat Texas Longhorns. Well, that's not much to compliment about, but they did it. So anyway, but he says, yeah. And he missed his steer and he goes, yeah, he tackles like he plays for Kansas. That big guy looked at him, and I was like, oh, please come up here. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Siler goes, yes, please. This is 30 years in the making. <laughs> but anyway, it was really good stuff. Um, sold out Friday, sold out Saturday. So tonight, if you're here in Corpus Christi, if you're here at Brewster Street uh, Ice House down here, uh, downtown uh, location, uh, come out tonight. It's going to be really good fun. You're watching these competitors compete to get into Saturday night into the finals. Um, so bring the family down. There's so much stuff to do. There's carnival. There's a huge, I don't know, like what, 30,000 square feet of shopping or something like that. Treasure Island Treasure shopping. Island shopping, yeah. So uh, I implore everybody to come down here, enjoy WCRA rodeo action. Um, what else? Uh, For, uh, championship rodeos out tonight. Ah, Willow. So yeah, Willow Connell's going to be good stuff. When you think he did about the whole bronc ride in one perp in San Angelo, and I think only two guys rode. Yeah, so the the stock besides last, really good stock. I mean, last night you know we, we had world champs. We had Clayton Biglow in the bareback ride. You know, we had uh, Luke Casey Morris, who's one of the best up and comer bull riders. We had a lot of talent, but you know the the, the stock with Frontier then, Rodeo and what they brought in has been amazing. But then also. you had an eighteen year old kid in the steer wrestling, right? That came through the qualifying system, mm-hmm. you know, and. He was so mad. I watched him. He he didn't have a good run. He had a strong steer, and the kid could couldn't weigh 125 pounds. But um, lucky he gets in the back, and I see him, and he's bent over, and he's yelling, you, know, you know, and it's his partner, his dad, or somebody was kind of consoling him. But it's just imagine that back in the box that world champions are going to back into, you know, uh, right. the same perf. Yeah. So uh, we have a, a unique format here. We did it last year as well, is where we have our our youth leaderboard in the timed events and we allowed the top eight of the youth to come in and compete directly against the pros. And then our qualifying rounds at Robstown, we had an incentive side pot payout for just those athletes. And, but they, any check that they earned on their own was theirs as well through the open competition. And they have the right to move forward and compete in the, in the triple crown round on Saturday and get themselves in contention for the million dollar bonus. I want to give a shout out to the leader of the steer wrestling right now. My arch nemesis from Kansas High School Rodeo, <laughs> Jeff Miller, 42 years old. He's a year older than I am. Jeff Miller went in the Bulldoggin. Uh, Are they I, his steers? No. No, they're not. <laughs> I, I, I love Jeff Miller now. I've loved Jeff Miller uh, since we turned about 25. Why didn't you like him before? I just hated Jeff. Cause Why? Because he, he was better than I was for a while, even though I beat him. Well, that's pretty shallow. In 1998 when... Same year that Mark Gomes won the world, I beat Jeff Miller in the state of Kansas in high school rodeo. And that was hard beat, but you know, I had to beat eight other people in, <laughs> in high school rodeo to beat Jeff Miller. And I hated Jeff Miller, and his sisters never would uh, talk to me because I wasn't attractive enough. Well, uh, speaking of not being attractive, let's bring some other guys up here. Um, Casey. Thank you so much for coming on. This is just, everybody, this is just a little teaser with this guy because we're going to do a full episode and really get in when we're not on live local radio. Yeah, when we can say the words we need to say. If you know, you know. So, anyway, thank you very much for coming up here. Let's give a round of applause. Casey Duggan, please, everybody. Expect the unexpected. Duggan. Duggan. Why did I say Duggan? That was so All right, fellas. Okay. Yimmy, let's bring him up a couple... Professional judges now. 
Some has-beens. <laughs> oh. Loosely. Oh. Yimmy the Tulip. Professional Mark, yeah. world champion bareback rider, Mark Gomes and Jimmy Adams, professional judge. Everybody, Everybody. round of applause. Huge, huge round of applause. Okay, Jimmy, you might have to slide up a little bit to the microphone. Yeah, there. slide towards Mark a little bit, Jimmy. Uh, towards Mark. Mark. There you go. Perfect. I, I want to start off with saying a couple things about, can I say a few you things about You can say Mark? whatever you want to. I've, um, well. I was always proud of Mark Gomes because in the state of Kansas, where I'm originally from, Every time anybody gets good, they leave Kansas, all right? Will Lowe, world champion bareback rider, guess where he's from? Kansas. Every year that Will won the world, where was he from? Canyon, Canyon Texas. Texas. He's a Kansas guy. Jesse Pope, the first year he went to the NFR, won the average. He's a Kansas guy, and his address on his NFR was from Marshall, Missouri. Marshall, Missouri. He's from Waverly, Kansas. So... I feel when Mark Gomes made the uh, NFR for the first time, his address was from Nickerson, Kansas. That's right by Abbeville, Kansas. And so even before I knew Mark, I was a fan that we had somebody from Kansas at the NFR besides um, uh, the tall guy that's always rude to me, that bulldog from Emporia. Jason Lair. Jason Lair. Jason, Jason Lair. Lair. There you yeah. Go. So, uh, and I... Kind of touched on this yesterday, but in 1998, the year that Mark won the world, he went against the law, and we had a party at McGraw's Bar in Hutchison, Kansas. You did? And I was 18 years old, and uh, Mark bought me a beer illegally as a minor and gave me the beer at the, the bar. The statute of limitations has run out on that. Correct. By the way. Yeah. And Correct. okay. Now I want to back this. I was skinny back then. Please verify that I was. True story. I was skinny and I was so skinny that I wanted to be like Mark Gomes. So my dad got Mark uh, to get me a Riggin. And I went to um, the Kansas City at Benjamin Ranch. We had a private rodeo. And uh, I was a sophomore in high school. And I was like, I'm going to be like Mark Gomes. I taped my wrist from here <laughs> to here, just like Mark. I had on a bigger neck brace than anything you've ever seen. Even bigger than the, who's the champ in 2012 that had the huge, huge. Uh, Will Low. Not Will. <laughs> Anyhow, I was ready. Like, I was so ready to ride bareback horses. And you probably got on this horse also. Good 73 man. Pratt, which was just, oh, a, yeah. just a hopper. And so, man, I cracked my hand off in there. And, man, Justin McDaniel. Yeah. Bigger than Justin, Justin McDaniel's. Man neck brace and i'm i mark this dude out just like mark gums not a big deal and i hold my mark out and then i think man i'm gonna spur and when i spurred down i spurred over the neck and then my hand popped out and i end up landing on the back of my neck where my midsection hit me in the nose at my midsection you know middle yeah. of the section and uh i about <laughs> knocked myself out and i'm landing in the arena go and my dad rides up. He was picking up. He's like, get up. You're fine. And that was when I retired from bareback riding. So thank you, Mark Gomes. Now that I'm 41, thank you for my horrible neck injury from back in the day. <laughs> okay. But um, awesome to have you on. And, well, thank you. And you too, Jimmy. I, give, I always give Jimmy a lot of heck. Uh, when he's running down the arena, sometimes I try to trip him. Uh, I've grabbed him around the neck before. But I just want to keep these guys having fun because, honestly, if we think about it, and, and I really respect judges, and I mean that, because being a judge sucks in a way. Oh, absolutely. You know, because, okay, you two guys, especially with a lifetime in rodeo, you're not going to not be friends with people, okay? Like, there's, you're, you're friends with people at rodeo, and you, but at the same time, when you're the judge, and we got to have judges, the thing about judges, we have to have judges that are qualified and know what they're dealing with, especially with these events like this. And next week, where they're giving out $750,000, where uh, Tacey uh, has a Webb. chance to, Tacey Webb. Webb has a chance to win a million dollars. We got to have great judges, and you can't have judges that don't know anybody. So to, to be in that spot, Talk a little bit about that. Well, Just, it, it's like uh, it's kind of like my traveling partner, Jeff Collins, told me the first rodeo that I judged. He said, you're going to judge? And I said, yeah. He said, Mark, you only had three friends left in the PRCA. Are you trying to lose those? <laughs> Who were those so, three friends that were left? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
the judging, it, it's, uh, it is hard. There's a lot of action going on. You can sometimes get too close. There's horses running over you. There's pickup men. There's, uh, there's a lot of things to watch and to try to catch. And when you got to take it all in, and then with the production involved, you have to come up with a number, like right now. Right now. And you yeah. better be sure of it, because once you say it, that's it. Yep. So I think you have to have a lot of confidence, and you better know what you're looking for. And, and uh, you just kind of try to do the best you can out there and keep the, keep the competition as fair as you can. That's the main job. Yeah, and, it, and it's hard, too. Like, like you said, when it comes time, you have to make the call. It's, there's, yeah, they don't give you the, the ride home to decide. Yeah. When, okay, he's off, <laughs> and everybody in the announcer stands going, okay, okay. Like, it is a split sec. But do you ever, like, do you ever double think, man, I, man, maybe I should have made maybe a few points more? Or, or you? Well, honestly, yes. It, I mean, it happens, but we can go back and change that, too, if, uh, if we choose to in I've the always, end to get it right. I've always wondered, too, because, like, like you said, with the horse is about to run you over. I've always wondered that because, like, some, I'll be at some of those rodeos, especially, like, when we go back east and, uh, for World's Toughest Rodeo and you're them little bitty pins. And, you know, the judge on one side, he's – He's watching, then he's jumping on the fence at four seconds because you're in a little bitty hockey arena and you're about to get killed. And, and then you have to jump down off the fence and mark that side. Oh, absolutely. And then at a rodeo like Corpus where it's real dangerous, the arena's so small, uh, sometimes I wonder why they even have us here. If you're going to have Boyd here, I mean, he does the judging anyway. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> So I'm gonna turn I'm it over to not Josh. Saying anything. I'm gonna turn it over to Hambone for the mm -mm. next couple questions. Here we go, Hambone, everybody. Mm -mm. No, you need to jump in on that one. Nope. Really, come on. No, that's not my job. But sometimes you just go by applause. I'm well, see, and that's scoring. the BS thing. It did come out, you know. He, boy, did have a really good day at Houston. Some lady, you know, jumped down his throat about you know influencing the judges, and he's like, "You don't even realize that Houston on the floor, you can't hear jack squat." So how are they influencing, especially there, you know, but they're just calling the action. And is it the announcer's fault that he's pumping this ride or this, or that he's entertaining the crowd to me, I would be, if, if it is influencing a judge, that's on the judge. Oh, absolutely. oh I agree with you hundred percent. You can't, you can't uh, get your feelings hurt when an announcer says something or a clown says something or, or hey, a commentary because they do it all the time. They I, do it all the time. And, it, and if, uh, if they know you're there, you're not doing a very good job because the mistakes you make, they, they can point them out. But sometimes an a announcer or a commentator, they're going to say what they're going to say, and you got to accept it because you didn't take this job to make friends. Yeah. You took this job to be fair, honest, and do the best job you possibly can. But for the most part, if you're listening to what the announcer says, you're not doing your job. You're correct, correct. on that. Yeah. Correct. And I, I think a lot of people that claim to be rodeo fans – but are really not like, like the lady uh, that, that would say, well, he inf influences the judges. Well, Boyd, as the announcer, he has to explain what's going on. Right. So, or anybody, you know, if any, who, yeah, whoever announced it, if a horse doesn't buck and he says, Hey, we're going to give a rewrite and here's why, you know, it's not, well, he was talking bad about the stock. He said the stock didn't buck. No, he was explaining to the general public that, this is why we're giving the rewrite. It's it's not because of this factor or this factor. And when you're judging, you really can't hear it, the stuff that's going on, especially yeah. during your event. You're you're focused on what you have you, going. Here's the deal: happening. in a rodeo, you have I don't know how many how many average rodeo fans are in the stands in Corpus Christi, Texas. Well, say there's a quarter of them. So now Boyd's got to educate the rest of the rodeo fans so we can have more rodeo fans that can come and watch rodeo. So contestants can compete for as much money as they can to make a living in it. I, well, and, it, and it, it's always been kind of a shtick, too. I mean, going back way old, old school rodeo days when they get the crowd to boo, and then they'll say, oh, and they're down at the Holiday or the Omni in rooms 222 and 224, you know, ha, 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 ha. You yeah. know, obviously it's not. So it's just you guys are kind of literally punching bags sometimes, but yeah. it's just part of the, of the show. It's just like an NFL game. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's, I don't think it's as bad as people think because you only really know when it's pointed out with, when you don't agree, but 99% of the rodeo is correct. Right. So. Yeah, the, but the point is we're entertaining. 
I mean, and, and if, if we do a bad job, I can tell you sometimes that when we mark a ride, or even at San Angelo, I'll walk by, uh, oh, I don't know who they shoot by, Rory Limel, I'll walk by and say, we're fixing to get booed. Because uh, it was not a good ride. Yep. The crowd thought it was. It was yep. a wild horse ride. The guy never touched him with a spur. But we gave him the correct score. And But the crowd's into it. If you can get the crowd to boo, they're into the rodeo. And they're in. it's, it's awesome to see that. But. Yeah, reaction is good. Any reaction. Yeah. Uh, I think, though, the hardest event that I would not want to judge or be a part of is the steer wrestling. Especially, like, when you look at in the spring – and when they start running fresh cattle, and uh, when you're the flagger in the bulldog and in the spring, everybody is going to hate you, you know, because there's several times, and I've seen it so many times where somebody gets a flag and there's still a leg under. Well, there's nothing you can do. You've already dropped the flag, and you Merry know, Christmas, like Western Justice. Well, it'll the reality is, is if you hold that flag enough, you're going to make mistakes. Oh yeah, because nobody's perfect, but it's not like. Anything else, which I do want to brag on the WCRA, the one thing that I wish that we would put in pro rodeo Careful. is the replay flag. The flag. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because like last night, that bull rider, I didn't even know who he was. He, he said, uh, they said he was bucked off before. He threw the replay. They went back and looked, checked the, the score or the time, and he got a qualified ride. And I, I really think we need that in pro rodeo. Oh, it's well, a great thing. It, it, in that instance, I was the one that stopped the clock on that boy and started the clock on him. But when it happened, I was the first one to go tell him to challenge it because when our replay official, Lane Peterson, went and looked at it, the clock probably didn't start at the right time. Therefore, stopping it didn't matter. Yeah. But in the, in the WCRA on replay, the, the official can call up, can challenge it. So, so if we see tell, a call. Tell us yeah. about the replay official. Now, that's somebody that's – tell us Upstairs about that because I don't deck. know. Yeah. Okay, well, a replay official, he's going to sit there and he's going to watch the monitor. He's going to watch every ride. So before they probably ever challenge, he knows what's going to happen because he's going to see if there's a mistake made. He can watch that monitor, and if there is a mistake made and the challenge is thrown, we can, we can get it done pretty quickly. Because he, you know, in I don't know how many camera angles we have here. I'm sure we have four to five. At least, you know, I think in any other sports, they have 25. Correct. So, and you can see that thing yeah. from a pylon. Right. Yeah, you can. You, yeah. So, and, but anyway, that's that's how our replay works. So, and it it works for the betterment of the contestant. Right. And that that's what we're shooting for. That's what the WCRA is. It's to help the. It's it is for the betterment of the contestant. Because we have contestants coming from the bottom up competing here for a lot of money that normally do not get that opportunity to compete. And that, as a judge, as a replay, it works for everyone. So. One thing I do like about it, though, is that they kept rolling. We didn't have to stop and wait because that replay judge was already watching it. Yeah. And so they said, keep going. And I think we bucked one. I know at least one, yeah, maybe two guys. And they said, hey, look, it came back. He's good to go. Yeah. Here's his score. You guys have already marked him. Right. It wasn't like you had to go back in your head. No, he nope. was already marked. Nope. Um, and that's what I, that's what's a good thing because that, that's the biggest thing that's holding it back at major events is production. Is keep keep it going because of every guy. And I will. Get, uh, hold on. No, we're good. Um, you know, once commercial the, break. Am I plugged in? Is there power on the stage? I'm plugged in up here, Justin. Hurry up. So anyway, production. Um, yeah, production. You know, if every guy challenges it, then it's going to be a lot. But but last night there was only one. One challenge, yeah. And so it was fine. Is there a fine, like if you, if you call, if you, and I don't know, if you throw the replay flag and it comes back that you were wrong, not the judges. Like, so I'm Justin Rumford. I'm riding a bull. I throw the replay flag. They go back and look. Yeah, I slapped him at seven point two. Yeah. Is there a fine? Is there any? No, no, no. no. Okay, no, no fine. I mean, and, 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 I mean, you could get ridiculous with it. We, you, uh, guys could get want to challenge every time. Then all of a sudden, you just get no. You're not going to do. Can that. you challenge in every event? Yes. And the only one that's probably not challengeable is the barrel race. I don't think we actually do have a challenge in the barrel race. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you knock a barrel down, you yeah, knock a barrel down. she set it back up with her hand or if whatever. If you break a pattern, yeah. you break a pattern. Yeah. But 
like the and I, I realized this from working a plethora of rodeos. Yeah, you got to play. Boy, handbone. It's an it's awful, like, awful big word. Yeah, yeah. Well, there what, we are. What the replay does is ensure that the call is going to be correct. Yeah, and and I think for I think for the most part, I've seen. Uh, you know, Hambone and I work a lot, like 200 performances a year. And uh, I'm a rodeo fan. Like, I dig it. I love watching rodeo. And I think for the most part, we've got great judges in place that they get everything uh, right. Now, with the TV, there's, there's times when I don't agree with what people say. Like, when Casey Field was here, I think it was in 2016, when he got on full baggage, of uh, award-winning horse frontier rodeos when he was 91 homeboy was 91 and it looked like it could have been 103 then you watch the video on on social media it doesn't look like a 91 then you go to austin texas and you have leon fountain this year in the short round gets on killer b and he's 91 92 92 and it looks like 72 it's not leon's fault Oh. Uh, I think that makes judging harder. And and tell me if I'm wrong, but in the in the these days where everything's on Instagram and Facebook and all this Snapchat and uh, the Cowboy Channel, you know, if there was a rodeo in the parking lot this afternoon that added three dollars and it had six contestants, the Cowboy Channel is going to broadcast it. I mean, honestly, yeah. So I mean, it's it's getting harder to be a judge when everybody's can watch and. You know, people that never judge a rodeo are going to be the first ones. But why in the heck was he 75? He should have been 90. You guys probably get that a lot, huh? A lot. A lot. You know, what what really happens is, though, is, and I'll step on stock contractors' toes all day long because they'll come up to you and they say, well, we got to get those scores out because we got to sell this rodeo. So they, and that, and then all of a sudden we're elevating scores that are not there. And for the real fan, he knows when you when you've jerked him scores way up there, uh, just like uh, Leon Fountain at Austin, Texas. You know the real fans are on the Cowboy Channel and they're watching and they go, God, "What the hell were they looking at?" <laughs> you know, I said, also what, thought what that. rodeo they're going to, or, uh, or did they mail the score in? Those are the things, but a stock hunter will come up to you and say, oh, i got to sell this rodeo. you got to bump those scores up. So all of a sudden, you raise that horse a point, point and a half from, a, say, you raise him from an 18 to a 20 so you get those scores up like he wanted you to. All of a sudden, he comes back at the end of the year. They're nominating bucket horses for the NFR. So the director calls him and says, hey, what about this horse? Well, that judge marked him 20 over there at such and such rodeo. And that lane's not a 20-point horse. So that's what comes back on us. Sometimes it's not really to raise the scores to sell the tickets. It's to raise the scores to sell their bucking horses because there's a lot of money at the National Finals Rodeo. 10000 a horse. Well, yeah. you look an at, animal. You look at nowadays, pro rough stock stats, you, got, uh, you go to the PRCA website, and you can type in a horse's number and see their last outs. So, like, if you – I mean, there's no hiding anymore. Uh-uh. Like – Mark back, and I don't mean to make you sound like you're old, but like back in the day before the internet, when Mark was rodeoing, uh, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't get on your smartphone and go, you know what? Okay, here's what I got this week. I'm going to see what they've done on them, and I can watch ten videos. Yeah, no, that's we were still riding horse and carriage to the rodeo at that time. <laughs> well, yes. I didn't mean that old Mark. Oh, but. Okay, but no, correct. There's a lot that's changed with with technology. Yeah. Is well, a good and in the van, but and I, in the bucking horse because you watch like I was talking about that all things rough stock and you watch clips from the late nineties or uh, you know early nineties or before with horses. You know, I mean, there's a lot of horses at the NFR that today would be, oh wouldn't absolutely even be even they've close. changed they've changed completely uh, as far as rank horses. They're back in our day when you know in the nineties and, and early two thousands, there was only a handful of them going. And now everybody owns them. I think yeah. there's, it, it's got to be because now back in, in the day, there wasn't, what is there, like 60-some stock contractor cards now or something? 70-something, I think. 70? Yeah. yeah. There's a I lot. Mean, yeah. So you take a few from each one, that's a lot better yeah. choices for you guys rather than, you know, 25 from Benny and 25 from Servi and 25 from right, Harry. And, right. you know. Except for Colin Pickett, who still gets 25. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's it's like everything else, just like the WCRA. Rodeo has progressed, and, and we're the next level now coming on. 
I, I often wonder this, if I would have had the opportunity to go and win three events and win a million dollars, why every rough stock rider in the United States is not here, I don't understand. It, I, it took me 10 years to win a million dollars. You could do it in three events. Mm -hmm. Especially in the bareback riding where you're, you're so limited. Like your time in the bareback riding is almost like the time in the freestyle bullfighting. While you're young. You're running back in the NFL. You sure. Can, you can kick some tail and you can do it. But from the time that you get on your first one, it's your coming. Clock is the ticking. end is coming. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like the saddest, in the saddest song ever from Chris Ledoux is that in the song the them bareback horses at the end when he's like, the day finally comes when you get old and gray. You got to take your spurs off and put your rigging away. But you look back now with a wanting eye. But brother, it's all gone. So you sit and cry. That's how the song ends. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it's, I mean, it, it, with the WCRA to maximize, if you're a bareback rider, maximize your time. You only have a short time to rodeo. And I think now, I don't know, but I can't speak for you guys. Well, I can because I did get on a bareback horse, but like make your time count. Oh, don't, absolutely. And don't, I, I, that's what I think, you know, when everybody's like, we need more bareback riders. We need more bareback riders. We do. And we, it's it's starting to help. We are getting more through uh, youth events and uh, some of the stuff that the outreach that the general rodeo population has done with, uh, you know, surveys have their uh, Ace High Rough Stock School. They have the uh, uh, State Flying, Smith. Flying U's got their spring school. Yeah, Flying U has their school Free. there right after Red Bluff. We got a lot of opportunities for these kids. But I think that's one thing that when you're 17 or 18 years old, you don't understand in the rough stock game, your clock is ticking. Yeah. Is that it, fair it, to no, say? No, it's very fair to say. It's a limited amount of time, no matter how you look at it. That day's coming. You can, so only, you can only get beat up time. so many times. Yeah. Maximize your time, make it count. And that's and that's where this would be great. You're not, you're not rodeoing your wheels off your vehicle. You could go to three events, get on good stock, and win a million dollars. Yeah. Million dollars. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, I do with a million dollars crummy stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but, uh, you know, back in, the, but when you talk about bucking horses, I mean, it has changed. These horses are big. These horses are big. Like Colin Pickett's bareback horses. They Cal are, they're, they're this wide. Calgary, big. Calgary, they, uh, Calgary's probably always Frontier. had big yeah. horses, yeah. but yeah. What was, uh, to kind of get up. What was your favorite? I like asking guys, what was your favorite rodeo to go to back in the day? Abbeville, Kansas. Oh, <laughs> pandering, pandering. Oh, um, probably a handful. It's a tough question. Cause Salinas. Ask us, it's like, I always like going to Salinas. I've been it all winter, you know, freezing. And then you get out there to California and the sun was shining. It was hot. And believe it or not, you didn't want to ride bareback horses when it's cold. Nothing hurt worse. So you could get out in the sun and, and it felt good. And never did any good there. But that was probably one of my favorites. What was your favorite horse to ever get on? Uh, proudest horse. I got to retire sipping velvet. Oh, uh, wow. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. That's I got on awesome. him in the 10th round in 1994. Burnus Johnson. Uh, yes. And they retired him after that. And I was pretty proud of that. That is, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Right. Where's there. the last one you got on? Oh, uh, believe it or not. I think it was in 2005 in, uh, somewhere in Albany, New York, maybe. Um, oh, uh, uh, we worked at rodeo. Uh, 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 Glens Falls, Glens Falls, Glens New, Falls York. New York. Yeah. So you were scratching to get to the finals. I was. Of the year I, I was. Uh, I was fifteenth, uh, and my shoulder had been coming out of socket for oh, probably two months. Going, to, you know, and uh, my free arm, and uh, which would seem like that wouldn't be a big deal, but in the bareback riding, it was really hard to keep it in. Everything hurts. And uh, I, I, uh, I went down there, and it it finally had popped out bad enough that we couldn't put it back in or do anything. And I had to go have surgery and rotator cuff and the whole thing. And, and I, I guess while I was healing up, like you said, your time comes, I was just beat up and, and uh, I didn't have the fire to want to go get on anymore. And I okay. knew if I didn't have that, that yep. I, there was no point in going. I thought I retired you at Guthrie. <laughs> so I got a funny story about Jimmy. Here. Please we, tell. We were at, uh, <laughs> I'm entered up at Guthrie, Oklahoma, and uh, Benny's Rodeo. 89er days. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I have, uh, I've got the one to win it. You know, White Knight, this little, little nice little 255. horse. 255. Yes, sir. 
And uh, Jimmy calls me and he tells me that his daughter's having a benefit auction and he wonders if I would be willing to donate a picture and a buckle. Oh, absolutely. So I get there and Jimmy's judging the rodeo. So I told him, I'll just bring it to the rodeo and give it to you there. (laughs) And uh, I get there and I get on my horse and uh, I call for him and he kind of goes down the gate a little bit and I roll my toe up to keep from running it through the slats and I make a great ride and I get off and I'm waving and kissing babies coming back. And <laughs> I look down and Jimmy's picking his flag up off oh, the ground. Everybody boo Jimmy. <laughs> boo. See, wish you could have had replay back then. <laughs> no, I missed him out. Did you? Yes, he did. did. He? Yeah. <laughs> As Clem McSpadden was announcing, he said he was okay. Well, Clem said it was okay. Yeah. Were he went ahead and marked him. <laughs> but, but honestly, that's good, though. Like, if you, can, if you can take a friend and go, hey, I know, that got you. That is, a, that is a sign of a great judge. That's what it takes. You know, you got you to gotta be able to say, during these two hours. We're not friends. I hate everybody here. Except for Justin Rumford, who's the clown, who never no. gets in the way. No, never. Uh, but you know, when you're talking about your retirement, uh, from several people that we've got to interview through Rump Chat, and uh, everybody, the, the end is always kind of the same. Like, even one of our really close friends, J.W. Harris, he was actually on the way. He left his house and was going to a rodeo and turned around. He got 10 miles down the road and go, so, yeah. I'm retired. I, I, asked, I respect uh, that back in the U.S. smokeless days, and I was working for them, and we were at the NFR. In the 10th round, we got to go up to the suite and watch the 10th round as kind of a thank you for standing on our feet, handing out tobacco for 12 hours a day. Well, Ty Murray was a, you know, endorsee, and at this time he was married to Jewel. And she's sitting in between me and Ty, and I'm like, oh, cool. And, you know, but I asked Ty, I remember I asked him, I go, hey, do, you know, you miss this at all? Because at this time I'm, I'm 21. You know, it's at rodeo's everything to me and he goes nope like he's missed the people but doesn't miss going up and down the road at that time when he was rolling like in your day because right i think that's probably one of the hardest things for us when we quit is is uh maybe not the competition or the actual doing the competition because it hurts so bad you know and you have to have that fire and drive to want to go through that fight and do it better than anybody else to win when you lose that you're not rodeoing you also lose your family because when we rodeo all year long for 10, 15 years in a row, well, that was our family. You right. know, I was closer with guys on the road than I was people in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you don't get to see them anymore. And uh, it, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, in other sports, and I've, I've learned this through the Internet, there's like when, when you get out of the NFL or the NBA, they have people that talk to you about the next steps and – you know, how to keep transition evolving in life. But in rodeo, one minute you're making a ton of money and everything's cool. You're partying, you're riding bucking horses and, and kissing cheerleaders and high-fiving people. And the next thing you know, you're working at the co-op. You're not, you know, <laughs> you know and it, it is, it's, it is a hard deal, but yeah. I, I, I just, I respect so much the guys that, you know, uh, quit like Ty Murray. He, he quit while he was ahead. He was Justin McBride in the bull riding. One of my favorite bull riders. You can say what you want to about the new PBR guys. When he got on big bucks in 2005 at the PBR finals, that was amazing. It, it changed my life for the better. Okay. Did it? Yeah, it did. Oh, good. Big bucks. Frontier rodeo. Yep. That's a whole other deal. But, yep. uh, you know, for, for guys that, that have done that and be able to step away, I can't imagine like being a rodeo clown, you know, there's time I complain a lot. Hambone always makes fun of me for complaining about my, you know, but at the end of the day, it's pretty minor because we get to do this and we get to be a part of it. And I think that's one cool thing about you guys as judges, even though, you know, you may not be on the competition side and you have a super hard job, you get to still be involved in this unbelievably great sport and get to give back to it because you are giving back to it because without great judges, we're not giving away the right prize money to the right people. And like I said earlier, for this much money to give, you've got to have good judges. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's got to be, it, going back to scores, to me, it doesn't matter as long as the right guy wins. Correct. Get all the guys in the right order. No matter if he's 69 or 99, the right guy wins, that's all that matters. 
And again, more times than not, I'd say 99% of the time, the right person wins. You know what really... It, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it's all right, go ahead. What really makes me mad on a judge's behalf, and I've seen this a lot lately, especially, I, I hate the crossfire. I think that's, that's the, the toughest dumbest. call, I, I would think. Jimmy, you're a time to make guy. I mean... The dumbest thing in the world is the crossfire. Should it be nixed? I don't know. No, we, you don't I, think so? No, uh, it's a misunderstood rule, so to speak, uh, and it and it, it is it's kind of evolved to where we were we were just talking about this last night. Uh, used to be the rule read: you must rope, dally, change the direct steer, you must be moving forward. It was that was the best way to call it. Now it's changed: you must rope, dally, change the direct steer, you must complete the switch before the hill is thrown. But now the headers, every one of them, they're swinging over the gate and they're letting it fly, and they duck and they never look back. So that healer's got one shot, and for for the most part, ninety nine percent of the guys that are going down the road healing, they know when they cross fire and you flag them out, they'll ride right out the arena because that's the shot they've got to take. It's just it, it's tough because it is a very fast event. It now. is, and yes. I've never seen anybody uh, in the history of the crossfire that everybody agrees with it. Like you've never seen like, yeah, that was it's so interpretive. You see people miss a horse out. Judgment. Judgment. Yeah. The, the best way that, that we look at it, you're an umpire, you're behind. And I, I don't like compare uh, rodeo to other sports, but I'm just going to say this is that you're behind the plate and you're calling balls and strikes. Not every guy's strike zone is the same. Correct. So when that guy is flagging the team roping, those team ropers are watching because they're looking for his strike zone. And then if you if that first guy goes out there and he whips one on it pretty quick and it's a crossfire, guess what? They're coming. Right. And he's in trouble. Well, I think the the dumbest thing though, and this and it happened in San Angelo actually, where the guy they get flagged out for crossfire and he's gonna ride back down the arena. Remember that guy, the mm -hmm. bigger, older guy? Yeah, now? big, big heavy set guy carrying twins. Yeah, yeah, so he was he was gonna ride down oh, the arena. Guy, and I, I was clowning, I go, hey. He needs just, to quit. Just ride out. So he rides out. I know who it is. So then during right. the team rope and still going on, he rides up back to the corner. He's outside the deal and he's got his run on video. Oh. And the team rope is still going. On. He's like, and I go, what are you doing? And he goes, look at this. There wasn't no crossfire. Well, how many, how dumb are you? Are you really going to ride down? Okay, everybody, let's stop the rodeo. We got a guy riding down the arena with a cell phone. He's handing the cell phone to the judges. That's the you, judges have turned their decision from the guy's cell phone from his wife in the stands. It is now a qualified time. How about your new leader? 6.5. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> as a judge, do you guys ever have people bring the cell phone and be like, that you're happens. wrong, see? That happens more than you think. Be like, put your phone down. I've already made the call. I can't go. Like, the judge is going to go, oh, I'm an idiot. I made a mistake. No, now you just, I would go, well, uh, thanks for showing me that. Now you're fined $500. We're not oh, leaving yeah. the arena question. The, the cell phone equation. Harassment of a judge. What's harassment of a judge fine? Isn't it like $1,000 in suspension for some card? I don't know what it is in the WCRA, Oh, I don't know. But. You have to look it up. I mean, because when you find somebody, you just find them. You're not, you're not accessing the amount. Right. I mean, that's not your job. That's uh, Steve Knowles' job, rodeo administrator of PRCA. But <laughs> so last night <laughs> when you were better guy for it. When you were running down the arena, Jimmy and I tried to give you a wedgie. I tried to grab your underwear while you were jogging. Is yeah. that a fine? Oh no, because that would be a that would be a miracle. Okay, because <laughs> you don't wear you don't underwear. Wear underwear. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Think about that eating your fried shrimp. Yeah. It's okay. Tasty. What? How come? I got. I have a question for you. How come every time I see you, when I, you come down the hall, you break down in a wrestling move? I don't know. I just he tried a karate chop on me last night in the hallway <laughs> that like took me down. I don't know. That's just my go-to. You guys are gang up and just beat the crap out of him. That's a fine. That's fine. That's He's a, a fine. big guy, too. If you punch a fat clown, it's 150 bucks. You know what I really like about him, though, is he got me to drink in White Claw. Thank you. It's delicious. <laughs> well, speaking of White Claws, let's go have some. Yeah, let's do it. I tell you what, what a great day at Rum Chat. And then, uh, Ambone, tell us about all our... Great well, I just want to thank world champion Mark. Go. Let's give him a, our, our, our second round of guests, a uh, round of applause, everybody. Jimmy Adams, bareback Jack Mark Gums. But, yeah, um, don't forget tonight, Dia de, 
Dia de los Vaqueros, Day of the Cowboy here at, at Rodeo Corpus Christi. Seven o'clock days, WCRA, seven o'clock start. Rick Polito. Big uh, Mark's a big fan of Rick Polito. Cool. Plenty of us uh, coming out. We got Carnival. Uh, 94.7 Talk and Country. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Manscaped. You guys, you guys probably should. Jimmy, I, you don't strike me as a manscaping type of guy. Maybe trim the mirrors up a little bit, Jim. Should we uh, plug you, our new program, Judging Behind the Mic? <laughs> yeah. Byron, Do it. No, Byron Walker's not in it. We also have, uh, we practice uh, Safe Sex as one of our uh, sponsors. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> How about it for Jimmy, everybody? Here everybody. Jimmy. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we're going to be back here tomorrow. Uh, Brewster Street Ice House. Um, noon. Oh, tonight, today, 5 o'clock, they're doing the stock draw. Blue Jeans, legendary bullfighter. Now he's behind the mic. And uh, eight-time world champion boat rider Donnie Gay going to be right here, Brewster Street Ice House, downtown location. Five o'clock, they are going to uh, – you get the actual the, – the rough stock guys competing tonight get to come down here, and they're actually going to pick their stock, which is another different deal than pretty much anywhere else they can do. An amazing um, deal. So that's pretty cool, but – we want to thank everybody else. Gold Buckle Beer. Who else we got? Uh, Rodeo Patch, uh, Pro Fantasy Rodeo, Pendleton. Pendleton Whiskey. It's good stuff. So anyway, well, thank you, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, and uh, you all have a good day. Keep on rocking.